Butler now ten and two in your last uh, twelve games. What what do you attribute the ascent of this program to? Yeah, I did not know that stat. That sounds good though. Ten and two. That's my agent over there. You can take over for him. Uh, as frustrating as today was, does it at all make you question the decision to coach out the rest of the season? Never. Never. Not even a fault. Trying to get players to do the right thing, and we use uh, playing time and opportunities in football to try to get them to do the right thing personally and academically. So um, that's basically all I got to say about that. Coach, that's all. But we got. you guys are really good about taking role. I, I will say that. I mean, um, our team fighting plays the way they do because they believe in, in uh, what we're doing and who we are. Um, they believe that you know we had an opportunity to come here and, and win a football game. Uh, that's the way that they played for for three quarters. Didn't have enough in the fourth quarter to to go get it done. Ooh, welcome in the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter, and I'm joined as always by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vols on Twitter. What are you up to, you barking dog? <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, buddy, what's going on? I just think I was like, man, the dogs are pumped up, man, for a Wednesday. What's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> well, Buddy, I'll tell you what they're fired up about. They're fired up because Halloween is just around the corner. And as we all know now that uh, Mike Leach viral candy comments went uh, viral over the weekend, that's what he was asked about to start the week. Big game with Kentucky. That's not on Coach Leach's mind. It's about this damn candy corn. Mike, uh, back to the comments you made about candy corn. Do you think it deserves a second chance? No, I do not. I, I do not. That's been carefully researched since I was a child, uh, starting at approximately, I'm going to say, three. And <clears throat> although it did have uh, some brighter points in my life, in particular when I was young, you know, the type of thing where it gets all over your hands and your face, um, <clears throat> before long, though, I realized that that was a grave error and there was far better uh, paths ahead than candy corn. So, yeah, I, no, I have no interest. I, it's one of those items that, you know, there's a reason they serve it basically once a year because it's not very good to begin with. That's why they call you Transition Mike, you know. You take everything <laughs> <in>. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you about the outlet in the wall. You're like, speaking of outlets, if you check this Fox article out. <laughs> So how about it, Shane? Are you there with Coach Leach? Candy corn is for the devil, I say. Oh, man. I'm telling you, Mike, this this is a funny topic, and, I, and I'm kind of glad it came up because I need to tell you the other half. There is a very, very, very minute section of folks out there in this world that love candy corn. And you know what? I'm married to one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, my wife absolutely loves Branch's candy corn. And if you're wondering who's keeping these guys in business this entire season, it's my wife. And she has to order it from special places because you're right. I mean, I'm with Coach Leach. I think they're horrible. You know, I, 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 I and I'm going to tell you, I don't know if that's why my wife keeps it around. I mean, there's not too many sweets 
that are off limits at this house. And maybe she's just finally filtered it down to a few that I don't want to <laughs> eat. But candy corn is one of them. But we have always, I mean, Amazon is at my door at least once a week delivering five-pound bags of uh, branches candy Ugh. corn. So uh, I'm with, I'm with uh, I don't know if they're five-pound <laughs> but I mean, she goes through at least a bag. I don't know where she's getting them at, you know. It's probably it's a little city up in Maine that's like, man, somebody's buying it. Just keep keep sending it. So. <laughs> but anyway, yes, my household is the one that keeps candy corn in business. And, in fact, if I'm at a grocery store or something like that and they just have – like right now, my wife is stocking up. She she literally looks like a hoarder when it comes to candy corn. Mm. So – uh, but yes, I, I'm with I'm with the pirate. Terrible, terrible treat. Now that was not the only viral coach clip that we had, and this is not entirely SEC related. But I've I've got a way, Shane, to circle around and make it SEC related. And I know you're a Pittsburgh Steeler man, so let's throw it over to uh, head coach Mike Tomlin, who I think it was Carson Palmer that got this rumor mill started. But uh, according to Carson Palmer. Mike Tomlin, the Pittsburgh Steelers head coach, among the candidates to be the new Southern Cal head coach. And, and Mike Tomlin, oh, man, he did a number on those rumors. <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> not a candidate at Action. all. Guys, I don't have time for that speculation. I mean, that's a joke to me. Um, I got one of the best jobs in, in all of professional sport. Why would I have any interest in coaching college football? Um, that'll be the last time that I address it. And not only today, but moving forward. Never say never, but never. Okay? Anybody else got any questions about any college jobs? There's not a booster with a big enough blank check. Anyone else? All right. Thank you. Anybody asking Sean Payton about that? You know, anybody asking Andy Reid about stuff like that? All right, Shane. So, yeah, Talbot. And I think he's right here. I mean, he's one of the best coaches there is in the NFL. And yeah. why would he want to go to college and go to Southern Cal? I know that's a that's a prestige job out there in the Pac-12. But now here's how I circle back to the SEC with this one, Shane. And, you know, I, I really just wanted to use that because it was such a viral comment here on Tuesday. But do you think – and I know this has been thrown out there before. I don't think there was any validity to it. And I'm not saying that they're – you know, this is going to happen, but I almost feel like it would be a win-win if it did. What are your thoughts, Shane, on Dan Mullen taking that Southern Cal job? Because at this point, I feel like I'm the only one that's left defending this man. You know what, Shane? I mean, the fans are <laughs> fed up with him. I don't know if you've heard the stories here, but uh, last week during the bye, it was noted he did not do any recruiting. He went on vacation with his staff, had to go on uh, and, and recruit. Mm -hmm. It, it comes apparently there's a reason behind that though. He, he's currently got a show cause to where he can't go on the road and recruit. But it's just a it's kind of a bad look when you when you hear that. And this is coming on the heels of Florida losing two of their top three commits in the last week. I don't want to say the program's floundering because it's still a hell of a program here, but we're obviously having a, a step back from last season's team and just seeing a lot of frustrated Gators where I think they're looking at the Georgia Bulldogs, Shane, number one in the country, landed five-star after five-star, and here we are losing mm -hmm. our top commits 
and our program is struggling on the field. So I don't know. I mean, I think he can certainly, you know, stick with Dan Mullen and, and I think he can, I just don't know how consistently he can win in the SEC at the highest of highest levels, like the Florida Gators demand. So I, I don't know. What are your thoughts on all that? That's a, that's a lot to unwrap there, Mike. I mean, cause like you said, I, I think the timing is so bad. The timing when you're talking about the how this season has kind of – I don't want to say uh, – clearly we had high expectations for Florida Gators. Clearly the fans have had high expectations for the Florida mm-hmm. Gators. And you want your you want your captain, your battle captain to come out and, and, and be 110% committed to the program. And, you know, when you hear stupid articles that come out last year about the NFL, you hear you hear us on the That SEC podcast talking about <laughs> your coach isn't committed and, and all this stuff. And then on top of that, you're losing all these games that you should have won. You got a quarterback controversy. You got no recruiting. Now I understand that you can't you have a show cause, but going on vacation, Mike, in the middle of the season, come on, man. When you're co- you got the damn Georgia Bulldogs coming up. This is your Super right. Bowl. So I, I think the optics couldn't be worse. In fact, um, I'm seeing plenty of shit online, man, just propaganda. People people just digging up old videos of Dan mm-hmm. and old old memes that, that got some laughs because Florida Gator is it, it's starting to stay. It's, it's like those uh, old cartoons. You know, it starts out with a snowball, and then the next thing you know, the thing's just – it's just out of control. That's kind of what this is starting to feel like. I don't think this program's out of control. I do not think Dan Mullen's out of control of this thing. But the optics from an outside, you know, it's 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 easy to, you know, it's it's easy to make fun of right now. It's easy to point them out. And then you got these these guys decommitted. I don't know how committed a lot of these kids were anyway. Right. Uh, there were some that were talking about it was a joke they were committed to begin with. But is that something you say just because they decommitted? So. I don't know. That, like I said, just the optics look really bad, and and the game is is going to be crucial. I think this is a pivotal game for for both. I mean, obviously Georgia has got high expectations. They want to compete in the SEC championship. They want to win a national championship. Haven't done that since the '80s. They're going to come out there. This is a this is a damn rivalry, son. I mean, this is this is a historic rivalry. And these two teams hate each other. And if you come into this game and you get smoked. I'm telling you what, man, it, Dan may not have the option. He may be getting fired at the end of this year. Right, and we, we say all that, yet he pulled the upset on Saturday. He's the best coach there is in the country. You know what I mean? It can turn on a dime. But I don't know. I was just sitting around thinking about it, Shane, because you got to think at a place like Southern Cal, you're the you're one of the big fish there in the, in the Pac-12. And I don't know how hard it is to recruit out there when you're the big dog in that state. So – I don't know. That's just kind of why I was thinking about it. Because because I here's the deal, Shane. I think Dan Mullen is too good to fire. Like, I don't think you can fire him. Yeah. But oh, yeah. if he I leaves, agree. then you don't have to pay him a buyout. Then you can get someone else in there. But I don't know. The, the wheels were spinning in my head, and I was just thinking. And I don't, for whatever reason, that Tomlin interview got me thinking that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're shooting big. And you can't shoot much bigger than Dan Mullen, in my opinion. And, and I, at this point, I don't think the Florida fans would be too sad if Dan Mullen decided to to take his ball and go home. You know what? <laughs> well, I, I, I still think there's going to be several that do, Mike, because you, you think about some of these other stories. I mean, look at USC. There's a reason that they're hiring yet another mm-hmm. coach. They 
they haven't got to where they want to be. And Florida's Florida, I mean, yeah, they, they, they played a couple bad games this year and a couple things didn't go their way, but still – I, I still don't want to face this team. Any right. given Saturday, Florida can win a ball game. Don't think that that they're just going to roll over for the Georgia Bulldogs. I don't see it happening. I mean, there's still a chance they can win this thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I, I think you've got a hell of a coach. And to this day and age, Mike, I, I'm telling you, one bad hire will set you back a decade. And Florida almost did it with, with McIlwain, I think. Uh, hell, you could even argue uh, Urban left him left – him, I mean – Think of think about what's his name? What was the other one? The one with the Z? Uh, God, he was horrible. Uh, Zook, Rod Zook. <laughs> yeah, God, I wish they'd hire his ass again. You know, I mean, they've they've had some bad hires, and I don't think Dan is anywhere near some of those names. So I I think they got a good coach. They get what they have down there works. It's just not worked this season. So uh, I'm not giving up on him if I'm a Gator mm-hmm. fan. But like I said, the optics. It's easy to to get a, kind of get caught up in this. I mean, it's firing season. That's this is when coaches get fired. This is when you're ready for the next chapter. But you got to be careful because that ne- next chapter may suck. <laughs> well, let's get. <laughs> yeah, I mean, bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, Shay, we got a couple games to break down, so let's get into, uh, you know, leave the rumor mill and get into the what actually matters, and that's the games here on Saturday. And believe it or not, buddy, we've got us, it's essentially an SEC West elimination game because we got Ole Miss at Auburn mm-hmm. at, in the evening here, and these two currently second and third in the SEC West, and neither one, uh, I think Auburn, controls their own destiny you know they'd, they'd have to win out obviously and beat Alabama in the final game Ole Miss is right there mm-hmm. with them they obviously need to win out but they need Alabama to lose once more so if you lose here on Saturday there's no chance that you're going to make Atlanta but uh, I think both these fan bases Shane could not be happier with where their teams are at this season uh, hell, I mean, Auburn is looking like one of the surprises in the SEC, surprises in the country. So a lot on the line. The mm-hmm. Auburn Tigers coming off a bye. This is uh, yet another opportunity. I believe Auburn's faced two top ten opponents already, come up short against Penn State and Georgia. But, hell, you almost won that Penn State game, and I think Georgia is the best mm-hmm. team in the country. So there's no shame in losing to them. But – Man, another big opportunity for for Brian Harson to come out here and beat a top ten opponent this time at home at night. Crazy things happen on the plains. This is the <laughs> team that we're having the hardest day of time determining uh, who's gonna who's gonna win. And, and right now, I believe uh, Auburn is a, a two two and a half point favorite over the Ole Miss Rebels. So I don't know what what's your take on. Um, Auburn, who's again coming off a bye, and yet we got Ole Miss on the other side that that has played like a murderer's row in the SEC. This is a banged up football team, and I know they've got arguably the Heisman front runner and Matt Corral, but they could be coming into a yeah. buzzsaw this weekend here on the plains, don't you think? <laughs> Absolutely, man. I, 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 you know, think about Auburn, man. They, they're like an unsung hero. I feel bad because I don't think we've talked enough about Brian and the boys here because here you are going into November and you're controlling your own destiny. That's easy to say in September, but we're going into November. Win this damn thing out and you're going to an SEC championship. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, there's a, that is realistic. That is, they're like the Kentucky of the West, right. man. If you ask me, I just I don't think they get enough respect, and definitely not for me. And you know, everybody talks about Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin and all the cool things that they've been able to do over there, and the the tweets and Katy Perry <laughs> and all that cool stuff. But nobody's talking about Auburn just putting that damn hard hat on and going to work. And that's exactly what Brian and the boys have been able to do. So, yeah, I, I think that's – but that's perfect. I mean, honestly, just nobody ha- – don't have the expectations. Nobody has expectations on Auburn right now, maybe outside the fan base. But right now they go into these games, most of them have expect- – myself included have expected them to lose, and yet they keep winning. So, um who cares? Who cares how pretty or ugly it is? As long as you got the victory, then, hell, we'll keep talking about you. So I, I'm just impressed. Out of all the coaching hires, he was the least sexy, in my opinion. And just what he's been able to do to that program, I wouldn't. I, if, I wish I was an Auburn fan because I'd be on cloud nine right now. And I think you can make the case, too, Shay, that if Auburn can get the ground game going with Tank Bigsby, with, uh, with Hunter mm-hmm. the freshman, Sean Shivers, that is the perfect recipe for keeping Matt Corral on the sidelines, chewing up the clock, limiting Ole Miss's possessions. And, you know, we've seen Ole Miss have trouble with that against Alabama where, you know, they were able to stifle Tennessee and LSU in recent weeks on the ground. I think that's going to be the key to the game. If Auburn can run the football, they have an excellent shot at, I don't even know if you could call it an upset, but of just, you know, staying atop the SEC West and, and dethroning Ole Miss, mm-hmm. and uh, I think that's the key to the game. Would you? What do you think? Yeah, doing it up front. I mean, the recipes out there, like you said, you look at that Alabama game, you, you want to beat Ole Miss, make them one-dimensional. Don't let them run the ball. If they can't run the ball, then they have trouble passing the ball. That's, that's just – that's the recipe right there. These guys are overconfident right now. My kid would kill me if she heard me say that word, but I stole it from her a couple years ago. It's probably not even a good word anymore, but I, I just tell you right now, it is it, – everybody's talking about – everybody's on Ole Miss bandwagon right now. It's just a fun place to be. And like I said, that, nobody thinks that – I'm telling you right now, man, Auburn – Auburn's dangerous, and they're, they're, I think what gets them is they're, they're balanced. You know, so they're finally starting to get a little bit in the in the passing attack, and I think that's that's key, you know, staying balanced. But it's about the trenches, man. And, and I I watched that Alabama Ole Miss. I watched it again the other day, and and they, it, they just couldn't do anything with the ground. And that just made – that made Lane and the boys, you know, one-dimensional, and that's what you can't have. So that's what you need. You need Ole Miss to come in super confident, and you just need to – just smash him in the mouth. That's 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 how you beat. Now on the flip side, Shane, if you're Ole Miss, do you put it in Bo Nix's hands to try to beat you? Because Bo Nix, it seems like he's a different quarterback at home. Uh, he's certainly capable mm-hmm. of beating a, a defense like an Ole Miss, or because I think you kind of have to load up in the box. But but then again, you know, Bo Nix, we've seen him. He's beaten LSU basically single handedly. Uh, that certainly seems like a dangerous, dangerous proposition for Ole Miss, a defense that has corralled LSU and to an extent Tennessee uh, in consecutive weeks. Mm-hmm. It looks like a much improved unit, but maybe you just get into a shootout style game here. Certainly you got to like Ole Miss odds if that's the way it goes because they got Matt Corral and so many great running backs. Yeah. But can Ole Miss win 
a a low scoring game, or do you think they really need to put the pedal to the metal here on the planes? Well, see, that's I, that's why Lane is a hell of a coach, Mike, because you could come in with whatever game plan or script you want, but next thing you know, you you, you find yourself playing his mm-hmm. game, and his game is scoring points. His game is is you know trading blows because he knows he's got the better offense. He knows that if if this thing gets in any type of shootout, then then he's going to win. So, yeah, I I, I think. I think Brian, I, I think Auburn's going to have a plan, obviously, when you're playing Ole Miss, but don't think that for a second that Lane doesn't have a counter because his counter is to get this ball moving, to get to just keep your defense on the field and exhausted and wore out and just keep attacking, attacking. It's an attacking offense. So you do that by just sticking true to your roots, man, running the ball, passing the ball, just keep the chains moving it and doing it as fast as you can. Lane, you guys had an incredible number of highly coveted recruits in here on Saturday. Picture perfect weather day. Uh, just curious in broad terms what you thought about that day, the atmosphere that was inside the stadium for those kids to see, and so on. Yeah, I don't notice, you know, very much in the game with that, good or bad. Um, so it was good to meet with some of them afterwards and hear their reaction. You know, you could just you know, see it on their face and how they talked about, wow, what an awesome game. The crowd was awesome. You know, really could see myself playing here. So um, that was really good. And like I said, that's how it's supposed to be. So we need to keep doing that and having atmospheres like that, just like we need to keep, you know, making sacks and making touchdowns. So um, it all goes hand in hand. We have a very high expectation here. You know, like someone said this morning, you guys are bowl eligible. I didn't even realize that, you know, it's not the way we think. And, you know, honestly trying to change the way a lot of people think. So see if we can get there. Since you brought up the Heisman, I'll ask, uh, do you have any opinion or uh, I guess thought as to why so many, especially in the national media, don't seem to want to include Matt's name in the Heisman conversation at this point? Well, I think I can understand that. I mean, I'm not being critical, but it, it's hard for anybody to watch all the games. They play at the same time, all that and stuff. So I think a lot of those people read stats, you know, and so they don't know who's injured, who he's not playing with, what he has to do, how he has to make plays, um, you know, so that, that's just part of it. And, you know, the thing that usually has to happen is you got to keep winning too, which sometimes out of his control, you know, if you're not playing good defense or something. So. There's a lot of variables that go into that doesn't does not make it necessarily every year the best player in college football. Now, the other game I really wanted to ask you about, Shane, I think this is a a really intriguing game here, but Mississippi State hosting Kentucky. And, you know, I know you love when I throw these stats out because they're they're basically meaningless for, uh, (laughs) you know, the, the current season. But Mark Stoops and Kentucky, they obviously played Mississippi State every year. Mark Stoops has never yep. won in Starkville. So take that for what it's worth. That's just another thing they're trying to get over here with this Kentucky football program. But why I think uh, this is an intriguing matchup, Shane, because you think back to a lot of the offenses that Kentucky has faced, and I'm not sitting here trying to say, you know, everybody, I love everybody says, well, the hell, they ain't played nobody. I mean, you can't you can't say that about <laughs> any SEC team, and I'm I'm not sitting here saying that, but – What I am saying is I don't know that Kentucky's really been tested through the air because 
you think of the teams yeah. they've played: Georgia, Florida, South Carolina. Uh, you know, t- teams of this mm-hmm. nature. Those are teams that are focused more on the on the running game, whereas. Mississippi State, brother, you know what they're going to do. They're going to throw it every <laughs> damn down that they can. And you just never right. know what you're getting from them. I mean, one week Will Rogers looks unstoppable, and then one week he looks pretty average. And if they get the uh, near unstoppable Will Rogers, I mean, they could be getting into a little bit of a buzzsaw here on the road at Mississippi State. So how do you think uh, Kentucky, which is coming off their first loss of the season, They've had two weeks to sit here and think about it. Uh, how do you think they respond with this uh, unique challenge they got at Mississippi State this weekend? Mike, this is this is scary game, man. I, I'm telling you, I, I, I want to tie it into Tennessee, but I, I hate the fact that they're playing Mississippi State before they fight us because this is going to be week to week that they're going to have a similar style offense. You know, the problem is Mississippi State gets them first, and like you said, you catch them off guard. When you're going against teams like Georgia where you're loading the box, teams like Florida where you're loading the box, and now you're going against a team that does not run <laughs> at all, even against Vanderbilt, they're going to throw about 50 times. How are you going to handle that? And I, I worry about the secondary of Kentucky. For you know, for starters, you're coming off a tough loss. Yeah, I mean, you you ha- you you get that far in the season undefeated, you, you start painting a picture of what what postseason is going to look like, and you know, you got you got hit in the mouth, and I, I, how do you bounce back from that? I, th- I think that's a factor as well. Uh, Mississippi State didn't play, play a flawless game last week, but they're pretty damn efficient when they needed to be, and um, so they're hitting on all cylinders coming in. So I, it's a scary game. It's one I do not want to put money on because I've got burnt. <laughs> uh, you just you just threw out that stat. There's a lot of times I put my lock of the week on Kentucky, and a lot of times I never got that money back. And, you know, I've had this game circled, Shane, from the moment when the line came out. I had thought, like you, I said, probably Kentucky by double digits. But Mississippi State yeah. was favored. Now, I do think it's uh, has come down. I think it's a pick em, But, you know, take that for what it's worth. But it, whenever you see one of these mm-hmm. lines that makes you scratch your head, that makes you think that uh, Vegas knows something that we don't. And, you know, maybe they're anticipating the Mississippi State – Remember, this is the team that went on the road and beat Texas A&M. They were the last team to beat Texas Mm A&M. And, and of course, that includes Alabama. So, you just don't know what you're going to get. And they just held Vanderbilt. I know it was Vanderbilt, but what was it? Something like nine rushing yards. I mean, this this is a completely different challenge with this Kentucky offense. I I think that is the the biggest potential worry issue for Mississippi State. It's got to be Kentucky's offensive line in that running game because that's – what you need to go on the road winning this league. I don't think you can ask Will Levis to to win you the game, although I think he's got the talent to do it. But uh, this is going to come down to me is Mississippi State's ability to stop Kentucky on the ground. And I think the the team that wins that matchup, as simple as it is to say, I think they're going to win this football game. That's that's it, Mike. I mean, you want to talk about strength on strength, that's this game right here. And and whoever wins the trenches is going to win this game. And, and it's going to – I think it's going to be clock management, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you can keep Mississippi State doing three and outs and you just keep that defense on the field, I I mean, they showed you against that Memphis game, even though I, I hate how to do it. You know, they stay out there all day long. They, they get weak, man. They, they start letting up those big plays. And, 
And I'm, I don't want to get – I don't want to see Will out here trying to win. We don't need Will to win this game, Mike. We need these running backs. We need this offensive line to win this game. So, it's going to be a hell of a matchup. I, I, it's gonna, I'm telling you right now, Mike, it's going to be a Morristown Hondo pick <laughs> when, I, when I start getting my, my score predictions Friday. But, uh, uh, but it should be a hell of a game for sure. How much of a factor are the cowbells? I, I definitely think they're a factor. Yeah. I'm still lobbying for some deal here, you know, get that deal voted in, blow a bunch of air horns or something the whole game. I don't know. I mean, uh, it's a pretty good deal for them. How do you feel like Will and the offensive line have handled the crowd noise South Carolina, Georgia, now going Well, you could see by watching the games, we've handled it relatively well, you know, considering the hostile environment, considering what we saw people the way they were affected here in Kroger Field and the way we've gone on the road uh, um, we've handled it relatively well we need to continue to improve on that you know the good things we did in those games we need to build on and a couple little areas uh, but overall not too bad knowing where you're playing coming off of a bye week uh, I mean, how paramount is it to get back up the guys back up the game speed this week and, you know, get a fast start out there? It's very important, and it was important to me last week to do that and uh, to not take the foot off the gas with the players, and they were really good. I really appreciate the players, the way they handled the bye week last week because they understood there was going to be some built-in time off. But the time on the field, whether it be in the meetings or in on the practice field, we needed to continue to keep that. And that that's I'm always concerned about that. And uh, and so we will uh, come back with um, a, a normal week. With we will go faster today because they're healed up and didn't play the game Saturday. So we'll pick up a little tempo today. Michael Leach got asked about his favorite Halloween candy over the weekend. Do you have a particular favorite Halloween candy? I knew that question was coming. <laughs> I, I, I did. Do you want me to do my best Mike Leach? In, in, uh, there's only one and only Mike, and uh, I won't even try to go there, so i just stay away. I, you could tell by me. I mean, I eat any candy. <laughs> <laughs> You know, sticking with that real quick, Shane, I, Mike Leach was asked about Ted Lasso with the candy comments because uh, everybody was mm -hmm. tagging Ted Lasso on it and, and saying this was a Ted Lasso response. And Mike Leach's response made me think of you. So I, I got to play this clip. Mike, your, uh, your candy corn video went pretty viral on, on social media. Are, are you familiar with the show Ted Lasso? And have you seen the show comment on that? Um, I haven't. Uh... Like everybody says, it's a good show. Um, uh, everybody says it's a good show. Everybody says you ought to watch it. It requires a little extra technology, more technology than I'm familiar with uh, to get it. I forget where it's at and how you get it. But, uh, um, you know, they say, oh, you stream it, which that just means I'm not, I'm not going to watch a show on my phone. Um, so... Yeah, I don't know. Maybe somebody will instruct me to hook it up, but I heard it's good. And I am kind of surprised that video uh, was uh, so exciting to a number of people. But um, that's good. You get a lot of candy corn, some people trying to sell that, you know. 
All right, Shane. So, I, man, I don't know what it was, but him saying this made me think of you trying to track down what app you need to get the Ted Lasso show. But uh, how about it, buddy? Oh, man, that's it. I mean, people people are streaming and doing these ESPN 3s and watching it on their TVs. I'm, I'm the phone, tablet, laptop guy. <laughs> I haven't quite figured out the next part of that process. So, yeah, Lasso nailed me there. But, uh, hey, real quick before we get off Kentucky, I had a couple, couple of boys reaching out. Got to remember, uh, Tennessee-Kentucky game coming up next week. Uh, you know, they don't do the – the beer barrel anymore, but we still got a bourbon bed. And so I want to make sure them boys are still on for this year. I don't want them to lose to Mississippi State and then try to back out of this thing. So I need some confirmation this week, Mike. <laughs> the bourbon bed is on. Ooh, baby. I love how one Tennessee Kentucky tradition went away, so we had to start another. But, uh, man, I can't yeah. wait for that game. But, uh, hey, we'll get to that when we do. But, hey, I. I do oh, appreciate yeah. you, Shane, hopping on the line. I appreciate each and every one of you for hanging out with us. And uh, that's all we got on this episode. So i catch you on the next one, brother. All right, guys. It's Wednesday. It's the, the worst day of the week, I think, you know. So just <laughs> hang in there. Hopefully this pod made it a little bit easier. But I'll, I'll see you guys Friday. Go balls. All right.